American football in Finland. The voice in your ears is perfect purpose, and welcome to another episode of American Football in Finland. I'm here with my co-host, Q Floyd. What's going on, people? And we have a great show lined up for you today, but as usual, before we get into the football talk, Q, how was the weekend for you? Hey, man, the weekend was great. Uh, I got to see a lot of football all over the, all over Europe. I can't complain, man. It was a good football weekend. NFL started. Hey, you can't ask for nothing better than this. While while we're talking about football all over Europe, what about that um, Schwaber's Hall Frankfurt Universe game? What do you think about that one? Ooh, nah, that was a good one. That was a good one. I mean, Schwaber's Hall, of course. You know, they're gonna they're gonna get the edge. <laughs> That's, they, they definitely gonna get the edge in any down to the last you know plays uh, call. So uh, it was some it was some questionable calls in that game, but. You know that's what happens when you're the champions, man. You kind of you know can get those calls to go your way. So it was a, it was a it was an interesting game though. It's on it's on the um, it's on the contender to prove the champion is not worthy to continue with the crowd. So that's how that situation went. Uh, for me, man, I as y'all can see, we've missed the, like the last two weeks, I think, because I was in Italy doing the podium prep stuff and and working with U19 teams. Last week, I just got back. I'm getting back into hanging out with my daughter and stuff. I still watched a little bit of Maple League this weekend, obviously. But it, it was a good weekend to kind of get back in the mode, and now we're ready to go with it. Mm-hmm. Game balls. Stop that one. All right. So let's get into the game balls. Let's give out a few game balls from last weekend. Who impressed you this weekend, Q? I game ball to Alpha Jalop. The man is, is is the fastest, one of the quickest players in the Maple League right now. Um, I really wish he could have started the season off with the Royals. I think he definitely would be in the MVP race right now. He still kind of is for these last couple of games that he's been doing. But this guy is all over the field, defense, offense. He was running past everybody, man. Like so, my game ball got to go Alpha. He showed out. He got a big upset win. He helped his team get a big upset win single handedly by us. And uh, game ball goes straight to you, Alpha. Good job. Man, I I want to get a game ball to Alpha too. Goddammit, this ain't fair. Cause I mean, <laughs> I, I'm just gonna continue what you said. I mean, Alpha was everywhere. He had to run about 12 miles during that game as well, running on kickoff, then doing kickoff returns. He almost took one of the kickoff returns to the crib. His interception was a 90 yard interception touchdown, and then he scored three touchdowns on offense. He was everywhere. But if if I had to give a game ball to someone else, honestly, I'm gonna give the game ball to the Crocodiles team because the Crocodiles team, the Crocodiles team, played in a game where it didn't it it was close the entire time. They came through at the end. They needed a play. They stopped them. They got the win. They got the win they needed. And for me, that's the game ball. Like, that's a team win for them. They did just enough to get a win, and they kind of showed that they could actually fight through adversity. They scored at the end. And at that last play, when they went, when the Butchers went for two, I was 100% sure the Butchers was going to score. I was 100% sure Dayton Williams was going to get in there or get a pass and score. And the fact that the Crocodiles could actually prevent that from happening, force a bad throw, that they're getting my game ball because they, they did what they had to do to win, and I can only respect that. 
I respect you giving the game ball, but let's be let's be let's be serious here. Uh, nothing against the crocodiles, but the butchers gave the game away. Uh, I don't I don't like I always say I don't like the question coaches call, but coach, would you go for two right there? I don't understand it. Like uh, you know, get, kick the field goal. You guys are going to overtime. Give your team a little, you know, they get a few minutes of rest. You know, get your game plan, go to overtime, and let's see if we can stop them or they can stop us one more time. Going forward on to uh, with that type of game that was going on, like going for it then, I mean, obviously, if they would have got it, it would have looked like it was the greatest call ever, but I just don't think it was a good time to go for it. They couldn't stop the Crocs at that point. So I think you give your team a better chance if you go into the, in, into the overtime, and, and we, now we're playing ball even, even. I don't. I just think that game was that game meant too much for for the Crocs and the Butchers for the Butchers to just give it away like that. I felt like the Crocs should have had to work a little harder. They did in the game. But I just felt like overtime would have been perfect. Let's see who can stop who. Let's see who can score. It made it a better football game. But going forward on two, uh, they got pressure. Terrible throw. I mean, it was just. I kind of feel like the Butchers kind of gave that game. Even though the Crocs did ball out, they they did what they needed to do to win the game. At the end of the day, it was because the butchers went for two at the end of the game. So that, that's the piece, but on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, I give you I give you that. I, I disagree with what the butchers did as well. But I, all I'm going to say, last thing I'm going to say, for my game ball, Crocs got the dub when they needed the dub. I don't, it, how they got it is, is you know, debatable. We'll talk about that later. But they got the dub that they needed. If they would have lost that game, they could have kissed playoffs goodbye. So they they needed that win. Yeah, they did. Yep. All right, so the first topic we're going to talk about is the man, the legend, Sweden's MVP import player, Alpha Jallo, and how he almost single-handedly has made the Wasser Royals a legitimate contender for the playoffs, man. What, What are your thoughts on how he played this week and how he's doing in the league so far? Um, I actually got the experience Alpha uh, back when he was playing for the Carlstead Crusaders and I was coaching the Roosters in the NEFL championship game. Um, I watched him on film before the game. Uh, definitely a fast guy, but to see it in person, dude has something that a lot of people don't get, man. And that's this guy giving speed right there. And he is showing it in full force in the Maple League right now. Every week he's, he's showing that he's a fast guy out there. This game, he just took over. Like, he literally wanted to win this game. He wanted to will his team to win this game. And that's what he did. I mean, touchdowns on offense, uh, interception for, to the crib, almost a kickoff return to the crib. Like, this is what probably one of the single, single-handedly best games any football player could ever have. And for that team to make to get that win, that was big for them. Like, you know, like you always say, you never can count Seppo out. You never can count the Royals out. Some games they look like you don't know what team it is. But now with the additions of a lot of the Swedish guys coming over, you know, they look like a contender. They really could play now on defense. Offensively, is not the best. But when you got somebody like Alpha over there, man, you know, you got a chance to win every game because it's single-handedly it's hard to stop it. Yeah, let me throw the stats in there for you. Alpha had 372 all-purpose yards. Oh, my goodness. And the, the crazy part about that is the guy only had four catches, but he had three touchdowns. <laughs> he had, he had three, so he had a 75% score rate in this game. And just comparing, like, Tino and Dungo had 306 yards receiving in this game, and he was overshadowed 
by Alpha Jallo because Alpha was so dynamic in his game. Similar to what you said that you said that he was fast. He was the fast player on the field. Just to add on to that, he was the most explosive. He changed direction. He didn't just run straight lines or get open field. Like there was times where he was breaking angles with his speed, but there's also times where he changed direction. And when he changed direction, he doesn't slow down. And that's really hard to figure out a player's speed when he's doing that. That interception, that was crazy because he almost ran a straight line. And I was like, everybody has an ankle, but nobody could get there. (laughs) He's also like breaking tackles. And he's showing his quickness and explosion on the defensive side. He's running. He actually ran down Tino on that goal line, stopped that on that. What was it? Was that fourth down when he ran him down on the goal line? Yeah, that was a fourth down stop. Yeah, that was a fourth down stop. Yeah, Tino had him by two yards. All Tino had to do was get up a yard, and he's in the end zone, and he closed the gap just that fast. And that's what Alpha's been doing since he's got here. And it's amazing to see because for the last two seasons, he's been killing it in Sweden, and he was actually in France for a little bit, and he was killing it when he was there, but he decided to leave. And now he comes over here, and I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I know Alpha personally. I've been talking shit to him for the last two years. Tell him that if he came to Finland, you know, it wouldn't be like that. I got to eat my words. <laughs> uh, I got to eat my words because, I mean, you know, every week he's been doing really well. And I've been saying, you know, that's my boy, Alpha. I knew he was going to be good. But the the display that he just put on this weekend against the Steelers, it was it was not just impressive. It was shocking like that 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 performance right there has him as one of the top players in Europe in my opinion because that's not an easy thing to do in the Maple League I know some people if you're listening and you don't watch the Maple League that much you might think oh you know it's just Finland no there's a lot of talent playing on those fields there's a lot of American talent on that field and you have this guy making everyone look normal everyone even Gerard Johnson is fat is pretty pretty much as fast as alpha speed for speed and there was there was a point where he had a chance to tackle him but because of the angle that alpha broke he wasn't able to make the play and something like that is is what really sets him apart is that he's doing everything at a high level and there's no downtime like he's playing offense defense and he's still doing everything faster than everybody else he's still changing direction he's catching every ball that you throw to him um, young Eero, I can't say your last name, but he's he's one of the U19 national team guys. He's playing good coverage on Alpha, but the, the dude's going to catch the ball. Like, if you don't get an interception, he's going to catch the ball. And that's what he's doing. And that's one thing that he's he's improved over the last few years is his catching ability. And it's just, I'm looking at the film and I'm trying to think, like, how can you stop this guy? I don't know. And, and that's why we titled this, this section, this segment, you know, Alpha Jallo is a bad man. Like, it, I mean, there's nothing else to say. I don't, I'm trying to think of, you know, maybe he wasn't as good at this or that to try to balance my argument, but the dude, the best. <laughs> he's a factor. He, he's, he's a factor uh, on both sides of the ball. He, he's one of those people who, uh, I don't know, Corpio, I don't know what they were thinking as far as putting the U19 corner on him, but it's no, it's no why he shouldn't have had two people on him every play of that game. Uh, they put him in some one-on-one positions, and he destroyed whoever was on him. And it was just—it just looked bad. It just looked like um, respect. I think they didn't respect their, the, the Royals' throwing ability. 
but you don't have to respect their throwing ability, but you have to respect the person, the one guy on their team who can hurt you at any given time. I think you still got to respect him. And they didn't. And he single-handedly kept the Royals in that game and kept them with momentum. Like, they put the 50 bird. <laughs> you know what I mean? They... I can't. I can't even say the fifty burger no more. It happens so often. But the, but just to, just to add on to what you were saying with their passing game, DeAndre Borrell is a good thrower. He he's a hell of a thrower. He can put the ball where it needs to be. And I feel like if anybody is just underestimating him, that's because early in the season he didn't have the receiving core or the offensive scheme that he needed to be successful. They spread it out. They brought in Nico Peter. Peterson, they're going three and four receiver sets, and they're saying, hey, we're going to run a spread offense, and they can still get in the eye and give Tom Suosi the ball. The Royals are looking real good, and and Alpha is a major reason. The Butchers let the Crocs off the hook, man. Tell them what happened. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say this. The Butchers uh, didn't look what, what, what we've seen in the past few weeks, not as explosive. Um, you start to control Dayton when uh, some kind of well, he's not as dynamic as normal. Um, the butchers don't really have much going on. Uh, I think the Crocs came out. I like the Crocs play the way they played offensively. Um, you know they they made they had played from all their receivers pretty much. The running back Chris uh, Christian Powell was balling. Uh, Patrick was balling. Spencer Cutlin he had some of the, some crucial catches. In this game, and some crucial round that really kept a lot of those drops for the Crocs. Um, when you got a kicker, also every point counts. I mean, and I think Spence has been in a lot of these games. Uh, he's a clutch player, and I think that added to the the quickness of that the Crocs have. Uh, their offense looked better um, this game, and obviously the, their defense is another story. But the Butchers just didn't have. On, on the things that they needed to to win that game. And then when it come down to actually, you never want the game to go down to the last play or field goal or anything like that. But if you get to that point, you got to make the right decision and, and judge, you know, do you trust the defense right now or do you want your offense to win the game? And the Butchers, unfortunately, went with they thought their offense could, could get the extra point. I mean, uh, get the uh, two point conversion. Um, I didn't agree with that. They tried it, didn't work. Uh, and then the Crocs won the game. And the Crocs, uh, they've been in a lot of close games this year, and they definitely had a big – it was a big win for them um, going into this playoff run. And um, we'll, we'll see how these next few games go. I mean, it could, it could shake up some things, but uh, this next – actually, the next game will move on, but the Crocs got a really important game next game too. So um, it'll, be, it'll be nice to see what happens now. It, say, I agree with a lot of what you said. And for, and for me in this game – the teams look similar. I mean, the Crocs did what they had to do. I was really impressed with how the Butchers utilized both Isaac Marshall and Dayton Wynn in the run game. Like that that one two combo looks really good. Cause when you when you have Dayton Wynn, you know, out flexed out at receiver, you still gotta respect their run game. And I, what Marshall had ninety eight yards rushing on like eleven carries. So that that really balanced off out their offense, but they were able to move the ball. They were able to get yards. They were able to get downfield and score at the end of the game. Like what I've said constantly this year about the Crocodiles is that they don't have that it factor. At the end of the game, I was 100% sure that the Butcher's going to go down there, score, and either go for one and win in overtime 
or go for two and score on the extra point. Like I, I did not believe the Crocs were going to be able to stop them because that defense has been suspect all year. I mean, they that secondary is horrible. It's just it is what it is. I won't call anybody out, but we know why. Now, when it came to the end of this game, like you said, you got to trust your team. And right there, the Butchers, I know you, you trust that, hey, we're going to get this two-point conversion. But you run a wheel route on the goal line and then want to throw a fade in the back of it to Dayton win. That's a tough call. And all it was was the throw wasn't good. The throw was high and too deep. Like, there was no way. If he would have been six foot four, he wouldn't have been able to catch that and stay in, in the back of the end zone. It is what it is. It was a bad throw by Hans Fortune, but I don't blame him. I, I definitely blame the coaching for taking that route. You got to trust your team. It looks like the Butchers might not have the it factor. They might not have the confidence that they need to get into the playoffs because that, that, that play choice right there, and obviously there's a lot more to the game than that last play, but that play choice right there, like you said, told them that they didn't believe their defense could hold up in overtime but they thought that their offense could make one play and it would make a difference. And the problem with that is it, it really takes away the game from your, your team. And it, it, get, it gave the Crocodiles a win that they didn't necessarily deserve. I mean, I feel like they, they still deserved it. I would say they didn't deserve it. But the game should have went into overtime and we should have saw who was better. But to make it end on that one play like that, it's just it's different if you know you're kicking a field goal at the end of the game. Like okay, that's something that's in the game. But going for two when you could tie it with one, that's a situation where you gotta do what's best for your team and not let your ego put you in a situation like that. And now with that win, with that win over the butchers, the butchers are looking at a very tough road to try to get that fourth playoff spot. While the crocodiles are looking good because now they have two wins over the butchers. So if it if it comes down to those two teams at the end of the season, Crocs got two wins, so they're in, and the Butchers are out, and that's what they just the Butchers just let them off the hook. Also hurts the Royals because the Royals could have used the win there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying with the sweep with the stakes of the game. I just don't think going for you know what I mean going for a two point conversion at that time was like the perfect thing to do. Like I yeah, I, mean, I didn't expect that call. I was like. Field goal, all right, that's going overtime. You know what I mean? But, hey, I'm, I'm not the coach, so. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the Steelers' defense. Ooh, Where did it go? First couple of weeks of the season, Steelers' defense was looking good, improved. They were getting flying to the ball, keeping teams off the board, even um, dominating a, a Wolverines team, if I'm not mistaken, in the second time they played them. Like, that, the defense had looked good. What happened? Ooh. Like, now it's it, – it, what is this, two weeks they, they're giving up 50-plus points? Like Yeah. Yeah. The, that's – I mean, win or loss, that's just not good defense. Like, we're not even talking about the Steelers team. We're, oh, they gave up what? Yeah, 52 this week. How many they gave up the week before? 55. Well, it's 55. <laughs> that's a lot of points, man. Yeah, 55, 52. I, like, you, that's the reason I can't use 50-burger. Because the Steelers are going to give you the 50-burger. They, they, they might still win, but they're going to give you 50 points. And I don't understand what's going on with this defense. What do you think is going on with them? I think uh, 
uh, Gerard Johnson, uh, uh, his 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 presence is a, is a problem. I think a little bit of them being comfortable with their offense scoring points, they score eighty five points. Um, so I think they're they were just confident. You could tell the corporate has a swagger about them. Um, they have the confidence to defense. The only thing about that is you actually have to play defense. You can't just be out there looking like football. Like you can't you can't be out there looking like football players. And that's what's going on right now. They're out there looking like football players and celebrating and all of this. And but it's no way why if 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 I'm playing defense right now and I just gave up a hundred points in two games, I don't care if we score eighty-five points. Like scoring eighty-five points with somebody having fifty-five points, that's not a good look. Like, yeah, eighty-five points is a lot. Eighty-five to zero, eighty-five to fourteen, eighty-five to twenty-one. I give you, but when you're giving up fifty-five points after you score eighty-five points, that means your defense. That means your offense was just a little bit better than their offense. And I, Corpio, just I don't know what it is, but I think I'm so comfortable with their offense scoring points that defensively they slacking a little bit, and it showed these last two games, and definitely this game. I I, I just didn't think they had an answer. Um, I know Tom Swosey played this game and maybe they felt like maybe they felt like having Hayden in the box was a better choice than having him at safety. But I think this he should have probably played safety this game. Um, just for the fact that Alpha, you know what I mean? Like you want to be able to help, like not saying anything against their DBs, but I I'm not putting my finished DBs mainly on Alpha. It's just not happening. That's what you got American imports for. He can play linebacker. He can play safety. You don't have to man him up, but you at least got to keep him over the top of him. If Tom Swoops beat you running the ball, then with that with that offense that they got, I don't see him running them. You know, like, they're not going to score 56. They're not, well, I don't say 50, but they're not going to score 50 points running the ball. The Royals aren't. So, I feel like they should have played more of the passing game than they did the run game. And I think having him in the box just hurt him. Or did it help? He did make some plays, but it's just not enough when they hurting you down the field. And like Corbyn just got to get their swagger back. That's how actually start making some plays. Yeah, I, I agree with you. That they have a confident defense, and with the with the Steelers' defense, oh my gosh, this whole giving up. Even in this last game, when they were losing, and I think it was like forty two to like twenty one, something like that. They the Royals had like forty points, and you didn't see a sense of urgency from the the Steelers defense or their offense. It just seemed like they were like, you know what? Oh, so we're, we're doing what we did with the crocodiles. We're just going to have to outplay them and outlast them. And the, the biggest difference was they didn't have anything for alpha. So it didn't, it just didn't make sense. Like you want to outlast the team, but you don't even have anything for them. And that's what happened. They were very confident, like, you know what, we're going to be all right. The defense relies on their offense scoring those points. Like, even in this game, they only scored 42. Uh, so they needed more than 50 to win, and their defense gave up 50. Most offenses, okay, we score 42 points, we're winning. They're winning the game, yeah. Yeah. And this offense knows that, yeah, this offense knows, you know, we need to score 50, 60, yet there still wasn't that, like, urgency for them and it really just came from the, the defense like you said it seemed like they didn't adjust to the fact that alpha was changing the game by himself he only caught four passes so i mean the rest of the time what were the royals doing they were running and doing other stuff that distracted them you had to keep him from catching four passes he caught four three of them were touchdowns that's big playability. Why not just make sure that he don't have any catches? And they never did that. Like you said, they had man coverage with a 19-year-old. Actually, I think he's 18. 
I think Iro's only 18 years old, out there guarding him. And that kid had just came back from Italy playing three games in seven days. So he might have been a little tired. But it really didn't change anything from the fact that from a scheme point, this defense did not adjust to who they were playing throughout the game. And that's been one thing that the Steelers have done this season. In in almost all of their losses, they didn't adjust. Even when when they first lost to the Butchers early in the season, that was pure bad personnel on offense. We know that. But they still let Dayton win run all over them. When they lost to the Wolverines the first time, they never adjusted to what the Wolverines were doing at halftime. They just stayed in there and just kept taking the L. And then here it goes again. You're losing to the Royals, and you see what they're doing, and you're not making adjustments. This defense is not adjusting to their opponents in the games, which means if you don't have the right game plan from the beginning, you're not going to win the game. And that this defense is not adjusting. They're not giving, them, they're not giving their offense or the Quobio team the opportunity to win these games. No, I agree at all. Like, to the playoffs. There's no way they can play like going to the playoffs. No, just no way. Get it off your chest. It's that time. We're going to say what's on our minds. So let's get it off your chest. What's on? What do you want to get on your mind today, Q? Oh, man. what I, I might as well stick with the Maple League. This Helsinki Derby. Mm. I'm ready to get this off. I'm ready to get this second game off my chest, man, because... The team that Wolverines to win the whole thing. I picked them last time they played the Roosters, and I'm picking them again against the Roosters. I got some backlash about it, but one thing is, I spent a lot more time with the uh, Wolverine guys as far as being on the same teams and stuff like that. I, I am a Roosters fan, but I, I wasn't a Rooster guy. Like, I didn't grow up in the Rooster family, so I bought this down as far as uh, I'm not biased as far as picking teams. I, I really feel like this time. Um, the Wolverines to pull it together and have, have a good split. Um, just a preview of what the playoffs are going to be like. Um, but that's just what I'm going to get on my chest. I'm going to get the Helsinki Derby off my chest. going to get Thursday night football. <laughs> Damn right. For me, uh, what I want to get off is the Maple League ruining 50 burgers for me. Mm. <laughs> All right? Y'all y'all ruined it for me. For if, Where I'm from, you know, putting up 50 points, that that that's a statement. You know, it's like, hey – I did what I wanted to do, and I scored so often, so much, that I couldn't even, you know, slow it down. I had to put up 50 on you and let you know that I'm here. Well, in the Maple League, um, just doing a, a little bit of quick math, you know, boom, boom, uh, shout out to Big Shaq. Uh, quick math for you. <laughs> uh, there's been 30 games this season. We're, we're at 30 games. There have been 30 games played. I just counted all of them. Or, cause I'm, no, there's been 33 because we missed a week of pick them. 33 games. And I'm looking at 15. I just counted all through. I'm looking through stats, guys. 15 teams have scored 50 points or more. And that's not counting the six or seven teams that have scored 47 and 48. Wow. Like there's, a, there's at least six teams that scored 47 and 48 points. And we got 140, but I'm looking at just scanning just now. I just saw four 47 and 48s. Two 47s, two 48s. So that's almost half the games people are putting up 50 burgers or close to 50 burgers, which means I can't even give you credit for putting up 50 burgers because ain't nobody playing no goddamn defense. And I don't want to hear nothing about how good these offenses are. I believe these offenses are dynamic. A lot of playmakers on these offensive teams, but 
let's just I'm just gonna talk about the elephant in the room. Defensive coaching. Oh man. Oh. It is what it is. I, I can't blame defensive players because we're looking at we're looking at schemes a lot of times. It's not like teams are just saying, Oh, my offense is better than your defense. No, they're saying I can put my guys in positions and you can't on defense. And we're seeing guys get beat because they're in coverage they shouldn't be in. If you're a man-to-man and your corner can't guard them, you can't just stay in man. And we're seeing teams do this. Or if you can't guard a certain combination or a certain route, and then you just say, you know what, we're just going to stick with what we're doing. There's no changes. That's what we've been seeing on defense. A lot of these teams aren't adjusting. only team I really see doing work on defense is the Roosters. You know what it is? Not to cut you off, but you know what it is. Oh, go ahead. I think the Roosters. I think the Roosters affected this deep, this non-defensive year. Um, so many we've seen the Roosters in the last few, so many points in each game that when it came to the offseason, nobody wanted to address their defenses as much as they addressed their offense. And uh, and I think the teams that did address their defense, they don't have those in positions to, where they can make a difference in the game. Um, so now all of these teams are just so heavy loaded offensively, just want to score more points than everybody else. They don't want to like stop everybody. Like I remember at a point it used to be like it was a prideful thing for a team, you know, not to score fifty points on you. <laughs> like now, because like any like you say, any other game to score fifty points, they win in the game. But that's not the truth now. Literally, you can you got teams coming out here scoring forty points in the first half. That's strictly coaching and scheming. Like, your players aren't that bad. That's just schemes. Like, just because you have import players at certain positions don't mean they should be playing man-to-man. Like, they, it's a 50-50 chance for either player, but it's, it's an advantage for the offense because they're, they're the one who have to run the routes. And, you know, they know the play. So, it, it's just I think the coaching this year defensively is just not there. It's late in the season. Um, obviously, yeah, Roosters have a way more put-together uh, defensive scheme, um, but they also give up big plays on, on the regular. It's just teams aren't really, you know, it's not a weekly thing where they're giving up thirty and forty points, but they're more they're more put together, organized than, than the rest of these teams. And like it's just it just looks it just looks bad when it's like everybody is scoring like that. It just looks bad for defense. Yeah, and you make sense when you say when you talk about the Roosters and the fact that yeah they have holes in the first game they gave up what didn't they give up like. 40, 50 to the Steelers in that first game? Yeah. They gave up 50 burger in the first game, and they've had their problems as well. But what I see the biggest thing is that, you know, it's okay if you if you don't have a talent. Sometimes you ain't going to have a talent. Sometimes you're going to get beat. Everybody gets beat. Defense, you, you learn to lose and, and move on. But the biggest deal is how you react to it. And as a player, there's only so much you can do to a scheme that's beating you. Now, these offensive schemes are different, varied, but a lot of them, a lot of these guys have seen enough film that they should know what's going on. And it it comes down to that coaching throughout the season. Is your team getting better? And look at the first half of the season. 50 burgers weren't that, that often happening. But you see that the offenses, they're developing. The defensive defenses, they're staying stagnant. You got a situation where a team is doing something in the first half of the season and second half of the season, they decide to switch it up and the defense is like, oh, well, we don't know what to do. We didn't see that on film. Well, that means you weren't ready in the first place. If I think he's going left and then he go right and I don't know how to react to that, I wasn't ready. 
it don't matter. I didn't know that he was going that way. And that's just simple knowledge. Like that's breaking down football to the basics. Obviously it's a lot more complicated than that, but when it all comes down to it, that's what it is, is these teams are not adjusting to each other, similar to what I said about the Steelers. And that that's just what's on my mind. I'm, I'm going to stop ranting on it, but I, I got it off my chest, okay? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. You said it all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now let's talk about the playoff picture, just so people kind of get an understanding of it. In first place, you got the Roosters, 8-1. Second place, you got the Steelers, who are 7-3. They own the tiebreaker over the Wolverines. And the Wolverines are third place at 7-3. So those three teams, they're in the playoffs. There's only three weeks left. Those three teams are in the playoffs. It's going to take a lot for the Steelers and the Wolverines to lose the next. No, there's only two more games for them. So, yeah, they're in the playoffs. Those three teams are in the, those three teams are in the playoffs. Roosters most likely won. But they could slide to two or three because they have three games left. But in fourth place, you got the Crocodiles at four and five. Fifth place, you got the Royals at three and six. And in sixth place, you got the Butchers at three and six. And obviously, the Saints are last at one and nine. Now, this is where it gets interesting. Because let, let's look at the, the meat of it, the, the fourth playoff spot. Okay? And you got you to gotta bear with me because I have this in front of me, but you probably don't. But... The the crocodiles are four and five, the royals are three and six, and the butchers are three and six. Okay, all three of these teams have three team three games left. Royals and crocs play each other. Royals and butchers play each other, and then they all have two other games against other opponents. So, who do you? I mean, I don't know how it shakes out, but this week the the crocodiles have the royals. Now the Crocodiles won the first meeting, but that was pre-Alpha Jallo, and they only won it by seven points. So if the Royals were to win this game against the Crocodiles, they legitimately, if they win by more than seven points, they would take that fourth spot. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Oh. Wow. So they would be four and six, and they would be four and six, and they would take it over. And then from that point on, it'd be about who wins out and who loses, et cetera. And then for the the Butchers, they're playing against the Saints this week. So, I mean, let's just assume that the Saints don't pull another one out their butt and the Butchers win, they're going to be at four and six. And whoever, they're looking for who loses out of Crocs and Royals. Against the Royals, they've only played it once. So for that matchup, they can still – they lost against them, but for that matchup, they will play them at the end of the season, and they can still a spot. Now, the Crocodiles, if the Crocodiles beat the Royals, the Butchers' playoff hopes are, are done. Are done for. Yeah. Yeah, because they would, they would, be, they would be five and five and have um, two wins over the Butchers. And the Butchers wouldn't be able to catch up with that because if, if the Butchers were able to tie them, they wouldn't be able to jump them. So that's how that goes. Interesting. Interesting. Um, For the the top three spots, uh, I guess for the seeding, we're looking at Roosters, Steelers, Wolverines. And for the Steelers, they got the tiebreaker over the Wolverines because they beat them by more points. But they have the Butchers and the Roosters next. Mm. 
And then the Wolverines have the roosters and the crocodiles. <laughs> and both of them have the. It, here's the crazy part about this: the Steelers lost against the Butchers, beat the Roosters. Both those games could be switched the next time around. Wolverines lost against the Roosters, beat the Crocodiles. Both of those could be switched both around. So honestly, the two seed is still kind of up for grabs, in my opinion. And for the top seed, yeah, for the top seed, the Roosters have the Wolverines, the Royals, and the Steelers. Now, in a perfect world. <laughs> in a perfect world the the roosters would lose at least one of those games if they, if they were they can afford to lose one of them that's the worst part they can afford to lose one of those games and still be the one seed but if they don't lose any of those games they would probably knock the royals out of the playoffs put the wolverines at the three seed and put the steelers at in the two seed like they would keep everything where it is pretty much if they go through it undefeated, what happens if the if the Wolverines beat if the Wolverines beat the Roosters and the Roosters lose the Corpio? If the Wolverines beat the the Roosters, first of all, they got to beat them by more than the forty two. Well, they got to beat them by like twenty. Something. Yeah, they got to beat them by like twenty something, thirty points something. Yeah, they got beat forty two to thirteen, so they have to remedy that if they beat them. And beat the Crocs, they'd have three losses total. If the Roosters lose to them and the Steelers, they have three losses total. So if all three teams finish with three losses, the Roosters would probably still be the top team. Depending on no, actually, it'll be Corpio. One, if, if the, the Steelers would be the top. Yeah, say Corpio would be the top. Man. Yeah, Steelers would be the top team because Corpio would have beat the Roosters twice. And the Wolverines once, and and they beat the Wolverines by more. So it would be the Helsinki Derby, a, a playoff game. That would that would be, <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be crucial right there. So the the most interesting thing would be this weekend coming up is that the Wolverines they got to beat the Roosters to set that in motion. Yeah, and I mean even if they play the they play the Royals after that, the way Alpha Jallo's playing, that could be an L. Who knows? Yeah, anything can happen. I, I like this. I like this. Like this anticipation of what's gonna happen these next few weeks. Like, I'm so glad that we going to this. <laughs> yeah these these next couple of weeks, pretty much one through six, could all change. It's it very much could be, especially what I think the Steelers have this week off. So this weekend, the Steelers are gonna stay where they're at at seven and three, but the Roosters and Wolverines play each other. So, if the Wolverines win, they technically go up because they have more wins than the Steelers. But, obviously, it depends on how the season ends for them. And same thing with the Butchers. If the Butchers win this week, they're they're going to most likely get into that fourth slot. But, actually, there'll be five. But, Crocodiles or Royals, if either one of them loses, if the Royals lose, no, actually, if either one of them loses, they're still ahead of the Butchers. But they could change from four and five. It, it's all up in the air, man. I know we, we talked about this too long and nobody can see what's going on. But just know it's all up in the air and the playoff picture is getting nice and murky. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cheers to the freaking weekend. All right. Maple League teams are back in action on Thursday with the Wolverines at the Roosters. Then the Butchers host the Saints on Friday and the Crocodiles and Royals play on Saturday. Later today, our 
Our panel of football experts will pick the winners for this week's game. Those picks can be found on the Podium Facebook page, the Perfect Purvis Facebook page. And as of now, Tuomas Hekkinen is in first. He's 22-8. and eight. Uh, Finland Swami is in second at 21-9. and nine. And me and Q are tied for last at 20-10. and 10. So there's a two-game difference between first and last right now. And, I mean, we're still 66.6% right <laughs> of the games that we picked so far. We, we missed week 10, but the other, the other weeks we got 30 out of the 33 games. So that's not bad. So Not bad at all. Yeah, before we get out of here, what things are you excited about these upcoming um, – what things are you excited about for this upcoming weekend, Q? The most, the most important thing for me um, looking towards this, this weekend is just to see how teams buckle down and, and get locked in and get ready for this playoff race. Um, it's a very important football game in these next few weeks. And uh, this is not the time for, to have players saying, my bad coach. You know, my bad coach point, point of the season is gone now. I need playmakers. I need guys out there making plays. I need guys out there making stops. Um, you got to be accountable more than any, more than ever these next few weeks. Because when you look back at the end of the season and you wonder why, you know, you see the Roosters holding up that tree again, you go look at the family, and you'll realize that, they didn't make as many mistakes as you did. They didn't get as many penalties as you did. Um, or whoever the team is that wins the Wolverines, you know, the Roots don't want to – they definitely don't. I think the pressure is on them more than any other team right now um, because I think the, the last few years, they've pretty much – they, they were the favorites, obviously, when, when, you know. But I think now it's a change in the time. As far as the competition in the league, it's, it's back up to where it used to be, kind of. And uh, anything can happen, honestly. Now, at this season, anything can happen. These, these games, these teams are so close. Uh, you never know who's going to have a big game. And I'm just looking forward to, obviously, the, the, the derby, but to see what the Royals do, do with the Crocs. You know, that's, that's going to be an important game. I, that game is more important than, than the uh, Wolverines and Roosters game. So, um I'm just looking forward to some good football, man, and, and some good coaching. And hopefully, you know, after, after the weekend, we'll we'll have something else to talk about. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I, me personally, I think the Wolverines versus the Roosters game is an exciting and good thing to talk about. But in reality, for the Roosters, it's not as important as it is for the Wolverines. Mm-hmm. The Wolverines need this win to, you know, feel like, you know what, we're back on the right track. The first time was a fluke, et cetera, et cetera. The Roosters, win or loss, they're going to the playoffs. They're going to be a top seed. They could, they could not win this game and it'd be okay. They could say, hey, we're just going to focus on the next two games. We'll make sure we're healthy. We don't want to get any injuries trying to play this derby and make it bigger than it is. And that is what it is. In my personal opinion, I think that's how the Roosters are going to play it. They're going to play good, but they're not going to put all their cards on the table. And if it comes like down to like, oh, you got to make a play or it's going to take a specific situation, I feel like the Roosters are going to be like, let's think long term. This is just a game. Wolverines, they're going to lay it all on the table. You're going to see everything. I mean, you should see everything they got. Because for them, this is this makes or breaks their confidence going into the playoffs. Oh yeah. Do they can they actually compete with the Roosters? Because the last time they played, they got embarrassed. And if they didn't feel embarrassed, they they shouldn't be out there because they got embarrassed. Forty two zero at halftime. Never forget forty two zero. Forty two zero at halftime. Mm. 
But the, the big game really is the Crocs versus Royals. The Botnia Bowl, as they call it, is actually worth something. <laughs> yep. It's finally worth something. Like, this is actually worth something. And me being who I am, I still think the Crocodiles don't have the it factor. I'm going with the Royals. I think Alpha Jallo is that good. I think nobody on the Crocodiles can guard him. And if they put Amir Kalani on him, he's going to score six touchdowns. Easy. And you heard me say that, and I'll say it again. If they if they put number one Amir Kalani on Alpha. Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. I hope they don't sacrifice him like that. <laughs> Don't sacrifice. Don't sacrifice him. <laughs> yeah. Don't do him like that. But at the same time, I don't want to see Spency out there or Christian Powell trying to guard him either. I need a double team. Juhani, Juhani, I, I don't know why I said Juhani. Juhani, I need you on top, you know, helping out the best you can. Uh, DJ Stewart, i like him to help out if he could as well, but he's usually coming downhill trying to help with the run. But one of these safeties got to help them corners out. Go zone, man. Make 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 DeAndre Burrell and Tom Suosti beat you. Make them run the ball and hit you with precision passes. Don't let them throw four passes and three of them be touchdowns to Alpha. Don't let them make all the big plays. Make make him become make them run screens to Alpha. Say you you know what? We're not gonna give you anything over top. We're gonna make you run slants and screens to Alpha. That's the only way you're gonna score. Take him away from them. But even if you do, I think he'll find a way to, to score. And I think when it comes down to like the end of the game and if it's on it's tight on the line, again, I don't know who for the crocodile is gonna make a play. I think Jonathan Baker is probably the most dynamic like playmaker at the end of the games for them. But in the end of in the end of this situation, I don't think something that he can do can outdo what Alpha can do. And I definitely am excited to see if I'm right or wrong. I mean, you can prove me wrong. I ain't tripping. But I'm excited to see it this weekend for sure. So I'm I'm all eyes on Saturday. Oh yeah, let's get to it. <laughs> all right, that's it for yeah. Okay. All right, that's it for us on AFF this week. Q, any last words before we get out of here? No, nah, I ain't got it, man. Let's see some good football. Let's see it. Let's see it. <laughs> all right. So I hope everybody enjoyed the show and will support us by subscribing or following AFF on Apple Podcasts, Google Paint, I mean Google Play, or Podbean. Whichever platform you use to listen, just show us some love and never forget T-I-F. American Football in Finland. <laughs>